to Nats Talk on the Go, the longest-running Washington Nationals podcast going today. This podcast is proudly brought to you by our supporters club, Nats Talk on the Go, Special Ops. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Drugan and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it. Well, hey there, Craig. How's it going on this uh, wonderfully hot Wednesday? It was superhero hot. It was disgusting. Like, really uncomfortably hot. I, uh, I, I feel yeah. bad complaining about it because it's really been a wonderful summer. <laughs> but it's, today was not cool. Literally. But um, Yeah. So, anyway. So, how's it going? It's going well. Um, I'm kind of tired. It's not like you've had anything going on recently. No, I did go to some minor league baseball. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. We didn't even talk about that in the no. show. How how was the minor league baseball? Tell uh, what uh, it was a triple A game, right? Triple A, yeah. Cool. Tigers, uh, Pirates, affiliates. What was the affiliate? I don't remember. It was uh, Toledo Mudhens versus the oh. Indianapolis Indians. Nice. Which are not Indians affiliates. Yeah, that's but. very original. Um. So yeah, it was cool. Casey McGee was there. Nice. Yeah, you t- you texted me that at one point, and I was like, "Oh, An- nice." Anthony Goes was involved. Wow. Yeah, it was it was cool. It was a the home team had a come from behind victory with a RBI single with two outs in the bottom of the eighth. That's always fun. And it was Disney Princess Night. Oh wow, that's super fun. And I'm so pretty annoyed that I didn't know that beforehand uh, because, because I've got a killer Elsa cosplay. <laughs> I would pay so much money to see you do that. Anyhow, you know what? I'm uh, sure there would be many people that listen to this show that would do that. I honestly wouldn't pay that. Uh, you can actually listen like on. Anyway. You can actually listen to us talk about it on uh, Disney Princess Talk on the Go. <laughs> yes. Oh, so good. Oh, so good. <laughs> uh, this is probably and we are off the rails off the rails a minute uh whatever minute it is probably like three um uh i will also mention i mentioned it at the beginning of the live stream wanted to talk about it now my uh you will notice my voice is not in a good condition again this week so apologies for that so we will go as long as my voice will allow us to do so so yeah just wanted to put that disclaimer there and because the alternative is just listening to me and god oh please do that that's perfect no i've got no god. problem with that it would turn into like a hostage video or something <laughs> like i would actually flip on the camera and wow well welcome to the podcast yeah um yeah so a few things to discuss but i, I guess we should probably start with the with the topic of the week which is all-star selections feels like probably a place to start so we can talk about it and then not anymore yeah that sounds good um all-star selections the nationals had four which is really nice uh is this the most ever it might be close has to be the most ever right like i can't think of another year where there were four nationals and i know there are a bunch of you listening so answer us and fix us Um, yeah but I, i i don't remember a time where there were ever four um, yeah, I'd have to actually look as well. I'm not sure. Uh, I know they've had multiple several times, which is nice. But it's it was pretty cool seeing how close Murphy ended up getting to being elected. I don't know yeah, if you saw this. 88 votes, right? 88 votes out of when each player had uh, three plus million. So It's pretty cool. That's like hanging Chad type stuff right there. Well pulled. 
Um, yes, thank you. And that to me was interesting, actually, because I don't, I don't really have a problem with that. Like Ben Zobrist has also been really good, so I don't really have a problem with it being that close between those two players. So, like when you look at that, a, a, a virtual tie, and so Zobrist kind of gets the start by default. I don't really have an issue with that personally, um, but it is cool to see like if you have to deal with all the voting junk. That's pretty cool. So you uh, admitted on the podcast last week that you voted once? I did vote one time. Nice. I did vote one time, and Daniel Murphy was on that ballot. Well, that's good. There you go. You you cannot be blamed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, did my, I did my part as an American, and uh, I will say, uh, for those listening, uh, Boatball, Boatman, Boateman, I don't know how to pronounce this yet. But Boatman? Vince, yeah, he tweeted out as Vince Scully's currently broadcasting an extra inning game, which is really just a wonderful heads up, so thank you even though I'm really not going to be able to hear it. Um, <clears throat> anyway, um, I don't have a problem with that particular situation. I do think that it's a literal crime that Wilson Ramos is not starting the game. Like, it should yeah. be actually a crime. Because I don't care about the All-Star game, but he is the best catcher in baseball right now. It's true. And, and there's, and it's not like he's just the best catcher in baseball and like he's doing really well. He's one of the, the best hitters in baseball at the moment. Like, honestly, he should be considered as one of the first half MVPs. Yeah, without, without a question. Yeah. And so the fact that he is not starting uh, really bothers me. It, it, I, and I don't try to care about that stuff, but sometimes I just can't help it. Um, so that bothers me. I don't know. Yeah. It, it grinds my gears a little bit. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's all. That's all I have to say uh, about that I, topic. It's cool uh, to see that he got in, um, almost won the fan vote, and then Strasburg was, I believe, player vote or coach or player vote, and then you know there was another one that got in on coach vote. So was it Strasburg Steve, that was player vote? Was player vote? I thought managers picked all the pitchers. I thought managers picked all the pitchers. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think Strasburg was manager, and yeah. the other two were players, uh, which is great to see that the Nationals really are getting that respect from across the league, especially, you know, uh, a player like Wilson Ramos, who has been through so much, like we've discussed uh, previously on the show. Just great to see. He's such a good story. It's it's fantastic. He really deserves to be there, and it's great to see. And you just hear the players talk about what it means to him. It's really cool. It's super cool. Yeah, it's it's awesome, and it it should matter to him. He's the guy that's been through a lot, and uh, he deserves it on the field. So the rest of it, who cares? Like he deserves it on the field. It's just the rest of it's there too, and he's a legitimately good guy. It seems like so. Um, And I I do briefly want to you know Steven Strasburg. Well, let's do Strasburg last. I want to talk about Harper first. Um, there seems to be a, a common thought out there that Strasburg doesn't deserve to be there because he's having a down year. Um, <laughs> really? I've heard that from multiple people. Like, oh, he like, like kind of snuck in there on popularity. Real like real people, like people on the internet and in real life. Like uh, people that are real people? Yes. I don't understand, Joe. I don't either, Craig. You need to help me understand. I can't. Because okay. he, uh, by Fangraphs, wins above replacement among outfielders. He is third, despite the fact that he's hitting two fifty eight. Because you know, batting average is a thing that doesn't really tell a picture about what a player does. Um, 
He's an incredibly good baseball player, so yeah, that's all I really want to say about that because people, I've read, I've been tweeted things and I've had people say things in real life like, oh, Harper got in there, like, uh, you know, he probably wasn't the most deserving. And it's like, mm. he's having a down year from his, his historically good year last year. That is accurate, but he's still a very good baseball player. I really think that the lineup... The, especially the National League lineup. I know you have a, a minor quibble with Ramos not starting, but I think the starting lineup for the National League is pretty darn accurate. Yeah, I don't I don't have any real issues with it. I mean, the Cubs are very well represented. They're also the best team in the league. So that's kind of the way it's going to work. They have some really good players, and Michelle just corrected me. Harper, people are saying Harper doesn't belong there, not Strasburg. Apparently, I'm messing that up. Whoops. It's okay. You're 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 sick. <clears throat> I am indeed. It's okay. I don't care because it's sexy voice, Joe. Mm, thank you, thank you, uh, and thanks for the correction, Michelle. Um, uh, All star game. It's Tuesday. I don't care. Yeah, I don't either. But I do want to talk about Strasburg. Okay. We haven't actually talked about Strasburg, and the okay. question is: Is there any chance he starts it? No. Who does? And I know we're going to pick the same person. It's going to be Kershaw. I mean, I honestly... I don't think Kershaw's going to pitch. Right. This is this is without looking at rotations at all. Yeah. And oh, where, yeah, like when somebody's supposed to be pitching. Yeah, right. Right. Pitch days, throw I, I haven't looked at all. I have no idea. So essentially, you're looking at someone that's going to be starting tomorrow or Friday? Yeah. For a Tuesday game. So um, real quick, as I kind of just sit here and talk amongst myself and kind of ramble and vamp a little bit. I'm yeah, while you my, go look up some things. While I look up my MLB uh, app, let's see. Yeah. Uh, let's have just Lucas Giolito start. How about that? I'm on board. Be, I think that would that be would, a lot of fun. Let's get That would be just fantastic. Not seeing anyone. While you're looking that up, Beth did tweet us and said, uh, the four all-star selection uh, matches the team record, but since Desi was hurt in 2012, he never had. They've never had four play. All right. So uh, I'm not seeing anyone jump off as would be a starter for from tomorrow's games. So uh, who do you think? Since you think we're going to pick the same thing, I think it's well. Again, if it's a if he's healthy and because Terry Collins, I think it'll be Cindergard because Terry Collins is the manager. Oh, yeah, it could also be Jake Arrieta. Yeah, Jake Arrieta to Kershaw. I mean, it's obviously Kershaw if he's actually pitching in the game, but he said he's going to go. I don't think he's actually going to pitch. He's been hurt, and I don't think he's going to pitch. Um, wow. Okay, so if we if we look at Friday starters, we've got some uh, pretty fantastic uh, National League starters. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, you got Arietta. <laughs> oh, so got Arietta Strasburg. is actually pitching on Friday. Yep, Arietta, Syndergaard, Strasburg. Um, you've got... Uh, Jose Fernandez. Yeah, that's crazy. So there will be some good pitchers for the for Terry Collins to pick. Um, so you might see a, God, Jose Fernandez versus Chris Sale start. Oh, that'd be good. <laughs> Joe. Uh, oh. I, I think, think Arietta. Arietta, too. I mean, I, I don't I don't see a way where it's Strasburg starting that game outside of the fact that he's 11-0. Yeah, that's that's the it's really the only thing that he has going for him at this point above any of the names, other names that we've listed. And, you know, I love the guy, but I don't see there being a way that he ends up uh, that he ends up starting the game. I just wanted to see if if you 
had any thoughts on the topic. And that's okay. I don't. Um, I, I'll watch the Home Run Derby. I do enjoy the Home Run Derby. It is a lot of fun. Besides Chris Berman. But the rest of it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I, I just, and I th- we have a question about this, I think, too, kind of. Um, so we'll talk about that later. Cool. Yeah, All-Star Game, good for them. Very exciting for the Nationals organization. Just pray for health. Yeah. And for Wilson Ramos to have the time of his life. Yes, because he's, he's deserved it. Um, and what do you think, just real quick before we leave the topic, what do you think about Harper saying he might not ever hit in the uh, home run derby again for the rest of his career? Uh, I think I saw that he wants to do it in D.C. I saw that he want, He said he wanted to do it in D.C., but then he was like, actually, I might never do it. Uh, I'm okay with that. I am too. I don't care. I mean, I'd like to see him do it. Uh, you know who I want to see do it more? Uh, Ichiro. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to see a pitcher's home run derby. I want really? that. Really? I do want it bad. I know. Ugh. I you know you know I'm pro DH. Like I'm all about. But there's something fun about the. There are a few pitchers that actually care, and to see them actually try and hit, I think that'd be fun. I do. Think it'd, be, it'd be fun time. Yeah. I no. I'd like to see it. Not I would the rather same just format. watch a. Not I would rather format. just watch a batting practice with pitchers. Yeah, that's fun too. But it's I know not thing. a not a home run derby. I'd no. like to see it. Okay. I'd like to see it. Anyway, yeah, well, um, so Lucas Giolito still on the team, which we weren't entirely sure that we'd be saying at this point, but not for the reasons it ended up being. Yeah, Steven Strasburg ended up uh, being healthy, coming back, and doing, shall we say, pretty well he did fine. in his, in his uh, first start back. Let's, let's not oversell it, Craig. He did fine. He did fine. Okay, I'm sorry. Six and two-thirds of no-hit ball. Yeah. Meh. Yeah, Meh. Pretty all right. Coming back from the disabled list. Yeah, he did pretty darn well, and his pitch count was a little high, and Dusty made the right call in pulling him. Yeah, oh yeah, he made the right call. He made the right call. I don't envy the call at all that he had to make. Like, that's, it's the situation that Terry Collins was in that he didn't make that ended Johan Santana's career. Um, Yes. So it's, you know, you look at, and Steven Strasburg's a much better pitcher than Johan Santana was at that point. Um, So, Johan, Johan Santana? Johan. Yeah. Johan. I feel like it's Johan. Anyway, you don't mess with it. Anyway, you don't you don't mess with the Johan. Yeah, indeed. Um, so I, it was obviously the right call. I mean, he there was no way he was going to finish that game. And you and, and once you go reach the point where he, even if he had like some of the most efficient innings in like MLB history, he was still going to throw way too many pitches. So like you at some point as a manager, you have to say, all right, you you have to be done with with this no no hit opportunity. Like it's, right, it sucks. But he also did not look good. At the time, like he was, like, yeah, he looked, he looked tired, exhausted. He kept he stepping off the through. rubber. He was like kind of, kind of pacing a little bit. He was tor- in that in that seventh inning. He was getting really wild. Um, yeah, he was yanking him. Yeah, so he was just overthrowing. And so at some point, you say, you know, yes, it just sucks because even with pitchers of Steven Strasburg's caliber, you never know if that opportunity is going to come back. It's just, it's such a yes. There's a lot of talent that has to be there, but. As shown by like Dallas Braden's perfect game, there's a lot of luck. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a lot of luck involved with being a, you know, throwing a perfect game or throwing a no hitter. So, you know, you just it, that's the part that sucks about it, honestly. 
Yeah, it does. And I know you and I were uh, talking back and forth while he was doing it. And we both we both agreed that he was done. He was. Oh, yeah. Exhausted. He was tired. All of that. Um, you were pro pulling him. No questions asked. Yeah. I thought that he had earned the right to at least have an opinion with Dusty. Yeah. I thought I thought it should have been a conversation and he should have had the choice uh, by this point of his, his career to actually go and stick, stick with it. Um, and I don't think that actually happened. There might have been some nonverbal communication before Dusty came out, but uh, Steven Strasburg gladly handed over the ball. He just gave him the ball. I mean, he, yeah. there was no, like, hanging out for, like, really got, like, he just, Dusty came, it was the normal thing. Dusty came, he gave him the ball, he left the mound. And it, it kind of takes me back to, like, the, you mentioned that a couple of starts earlier than that, uh, Max Scherzer did a thing where he was pitching very well, but also was clearly starting to lose it. And Dusty came out to the mound. Actually, was this when we were doing last week's show? It totally was. It was last week when we were doing last week's show, and we had just finished recording. And Dusty, uh, Dusty came out and and did ask the question to Scherzer, obviously. And Scherzer just kind of went, "I'm done." He's like, "Like there was that." And and so I get what you're saying there. Once you hit a certain status, you ask the guy. But I don't think that coming off the disabled list, I don't think Dusty wanted to give him the chance. Right. Uh, it was it was the right call. It also and- didn't look like. Strasburg wanted the chance. Like, it looked no. like he was kind of like, uh, yeah, I didn't He was have content. It. it was over. He was good. Yeah. Let, let, let someone else blow this, not me, you know? So where this whole thing started, uh, Lucas Giolito. Exactly. So Giolito stays with the team. Uh, surprisingly, because Joe Ross goes to the disabled list. I was at Joe Ross's last start with some fun people at the game um, this past weekend. And Joe Ross looked really bad his last two starts. With, and in his, in his last start before hitting the disabled list, his fastball velocity just plummeted. It was um, in the 80s. It was in the upper 80s. And this yeah. is a guy that throws his fastball fairly consistently at like 93 miles an hour. So um, certainly concerning. I think it was a shoulder inflammation was the diagnosis that sent him to the DL. And so Giolito gets to stick around and will start on Thursday against the Mets. So Giolito is the official Mets starter now. Um, he just only starts games against the Mets, apparently. But uh, yeah. I, I, I cannot wait to see him pitch and hopefully not have a rain situation where he's not going to be able to get a proper start. Yeah. You, you, you're hoping for the best there. Yeah. Uh, hoping he can actually show what he's made of a yeah. little bit more than he did uh, in four innings. Although he pitched L- incredibly well for those four innings. He very much did. But. And it's, it's, a, it's a shame to see Joe Ross, who's had such a solid season uh just have to go down which sh- a, a shoulder injury is scary uh but yeah. it looks like nothing's wrong it's just a little bit uh a little bit of a dead arm a little bit of uh soreness and hopefully it takes a little time off and, how much, uh, how, how get much do you think that the uh all-star game coming up plays into that i think it definitely does because those days for the all-star break count as days yeah and for I think that's a huge factor, to be honest with you. I, I think it's the, we're going to keep Giolito around here until the All-Star break. He's going he's gonna to hang here until the All-Star break. He'll probably go back down afterwards as long as everything with Ross's shoulder ends up okay. And then You know what? I would not even be surprised if the Nationals send him down after his start. Yeah, why not, right? Yeah, send him down. 
you know, get him get an extra bullpen arm up for a couple of days before the break. Yeah, and then and then you he's gone for the break, and then he you're taking care of those ten days of him being da- down if you want to send him back up or whatever. Exactly. Um, yeah, I because think, oh, the I think the rotation sense. outside of Strasburg is going to get a break. Exactly. So it, and it, I think that's actually a major reason why Matt Harvey went on the DL right now. I yeah. know uh, there's some bigger issues at play there probably for him, but he's on the DL and he could not really miss a start. Yeah. Because of how the uh, service time actually continues in the DL days go down for that three four days that baseball is off for the All Star break. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean. It, it, there is some strategic decision making there, and, and I mean, it's hard to blame the organizations for doing it that way. It's a, it's a break that's built in there, and you take advantage of the rules to to get your guys that need a break a break, like Matt Harvey especially. But you know, a guy like Joe Ross, who you can kind of see that coming. He, he pitched incredibly well last year until his arm kind of hit the dead arm phase, like it might be doing now, and he struggled at the end of last year because. He had thrown more innings than he's ever thrown in his career, and he's 23 years old. So it, it's going to take a while for a guy like that to to get consistently stretched out. So I have no problem yeah. with the call, and if it means that it's a if that's the way it was de- the decision was made, I think it's smart. You get more time out of Giolito, and you get Ross the break that he might need, and hopefully, like you said, it's nothing more serious for Ross than what it is. Yeah, shoulders are scary. Shoulders are scary. No doubt about it. It's like elbows are scary too, a la Johnny Venters. I mean, unfortunately. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Venters just uh, it was trying to come back from his third Tommy John and uh, didn't turn out, unfortunately, for that guy. So his career is over, which is sad. Yeah. Um, so I, I also want to throw out one thing uh, before we move on to the next topic. Uh, Beard got mad for at us for hating on Disney. That is not what we were doing. I, I, it's not what I was doing. Were you hating on Disney? Why? Why would I hate on Disney? That's what I'm saying. I'm not a Disney hater at all. It was just. It was just funny. I'm not hating on Disney, at all. Anyway, moving on. All right. Uh, Michael A. Taylor was sent down this week. Yeah. How weird is that? <laughs> that was a strange call. I thought it was going to be Matt Belial. I thought it was going to be mostly anyone else. Yeah. I mean. Uh, not only was it a weird decision based on the team's needs, but it he's been playing well. He's been playing much better lately, and they've been using him a lot. They've they had gotten into quite a little routine with him and Revere. He's been playing frequently, and not only with the routine with Revere, but he's been coming into late innings to spell Harper and uh, and and Worth. Like he's been playing. He's been playing baseball. So I don't. Uh, it, I get it was peculiar. the The bullpen has been in a tough spot, and so I think that there is an argument to be made that he that they needed the pitching more than they needed the bench, with as well as Heisey is hit, and with as well as Stephen Drew is hit. I think there's an argument to be made that they needed the arm more than they needed Taylor's defense and bat. I can see that, and once again, I think the All-Star game comes into play here. Um, if you got five games, yeah. six games, where you don't actually, where you can go with the short bench, and you can 
kind of get through with some tired, tired bullpen arms. And, and Dusty said he might be down for the minimum 10 days. Yeah. Like, so he basically I, I, acknowledged, like, this is a temporary thing. And it sounds like a conversation where, like, Dusty had Michael A. in his office and said, hey, like, we don't want to do this. We're doing it for this reason. You're about to come back up. The bullpen has been taxed yeah. for about two and a half weeks now. Yeah. It's, so it's a running with a effective. short bench and a bigger bullpen, not the worst idea in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. I would not be surprised if it was uh, a complete Rizzo Dark 30 strategery move. Yeah. Just to push through and try and finish the first, the I guess, spiritual first half. Spiritual first half, nice. Because it's not really the first half, because the first half's actually over. The first half's way over. But I, I don't know, what, what what word do we want to use there? I don't know, the, the, I don't know. Somebody give us something, I don't have words right now. The, yeah, Joe's on the struggle bus. The, pre- the pretend first half. I don't wow, know. that's not good. It's the worst thing I've ever said in my life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, yeah, no, not good. Not good. Um... Anyway, let's talk about the Brewers series a little bit before we get ranty. Uh, what did what, you just open there, buddy? Um, well, remember last week, Craig, when we were talking about beer and you were like, you need to get something better. And I was like, oh, if only I had a friend that worked in beer who can give me recommendations for beer. And you were like, yeah, yeah I'll totally do that. And then you didn't. Well, you got to tell me when you're going and uh, what you're in the mood for. I need I, a little direction. I go, to, I go to Wegmans every Sunday. Okay, fine. All right. So what do you think I'm drinking? You're drinking the same thing you were drinking before. And the weekend, well, that I was drinking last week and the week yeah. before and the week before. Oh my gosh. Always with the old chub. Always with the old chub. Okay, fine. What do you We're going to, I, uh, I, I have a very special beer, uh, in honor of NL player of the week, Danny Espinosa. Nice. Oh it yeah. Is, Good poll. I, how did we not talk about that? Sorry. Go ahead. It is rogue beard beer. Nice. It is made using a, a yeast strain found in the brewer's beard. Yes, I am. I've heard of it. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for it's you. It's surprisingly tasty. Nice. Nice. Enjoy enjoy your tasty beard. Thank you. And I, I will try and remember your schedule. Sundays. On top of everything else going on Just in Just give life. me something anytime between now and Sunday. And I'll go get Jeez, it. Jeez. I mean, it's... So neat. God. Hot damn. Uh, Hot damn! Yeah, something something. That's a song. I don't know the words to it. Um, Boss skeet skeet. <laughs> Is it that song? Oh god. <laughs> okay. Oh, thank you. That was good. <laughs> so let's talk about the Brewers series because we need to stop laughing. Um, yeah, I, I don't have. I don't feel strong thoughts on the Brewers series. Do you? Not strong thoughts on the Brewers series. So let's talk about the Red series where Danny Espinosa did the thing. Oh, he did all of the things. He uh, did the things good. I am so excited <laughs> for the way that Danny Espinosa has been playing baseball. It is one of my favorite stories in baseball this year. It is incredibly cool. I it, It's... it's He's showing more, even more than what people could have expected from him. And, you know, there are a lot of factors there, whatever. But he ha- he's providing me premium shortstop defense that the Nationals needed this year that they thought they were going to get from him. And he's 
hitting so much. It's awesome. Yeah. I feel like right now I'm in the the beginning of a five years from now ESPN 30 for 30 documentary. What if I were to tell you <laughs> that the Nationals MVPs were Danny Espinosa and Wilson Ramos? Yeah, right? Like, that's what's happening right now. Yeah, honestly, and even Daniel Murphy. Like, everybody knew Daniel Murphy could hit, but the most valuable guy, one of the most valuable guys on the team coming in, I don't know, like, but Espinosa and and Ramos, it's like, I I don't know, do you want to call yourself out here on Ramos, or do you not want to do that? Oh, no, go ahead. I'll call myself out. I I don't remember what I'm calling myself out about. You, you, You picked Ramos to be your LVP this year. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I also picked Murphy to be surprise of the year, so... So that worked I, out well, too. So, so it's I'm always, hitting 500. I, I'm sure I'm doing far worse than that. But I, actually, that's a good uh, <coughs> little mini... Uh, mini. God, I can't think either, dude. I know. You got me ruined. Uh, a mini tangent. Uh, next week, for our All-Star Week show, we'll do a mini recap of the first half uh, prediction type stuff and that you know, fun MVP, LVP crap. Yeah, we'll do that. That'll be good. Because it's written down somewhere. It is written. Our, I'm looking at it right now. I believe it's on our fancy website, natstalkonthego.com. It is. So, uh, yeah, that's fine. I picked him to be LVP, and I was super wrong, and I'm very happy about that. I almost... I, almost I would so, rather... Sorry, go ahead. I would rather be wrong about the LVP than the MVP. Yeah, I was wrong about the it's okay it's okay we'll get there we'll get there that's that's for later so Um, danny espinoza went off yeah he you go you do this better than me go ahead i do this better okay so the nationals in their entire existence have never had a player hit home runs from both sides of the plate in a single game yep danny espinoza did it twice in four days yeah that's pretty good yeah he, he had seven RBI in one game, and then two days later had six RBIs in a game. And didn't he have Grand Slams in both of those games? Does yes. That, yeah, I felt like that was a thing, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he's doing everything way more than everything the Nationals would have expected from him in the first half this year. He's been, you know, very good. I don't want to say what I was going to say. He's been very good. He... he is like the anti uh, Ian Desmond. Oh yeah. So, In, okay. Wait you, for it. You're gonna say. <laughs> Go ahead. What? Okay. So Ian Desmond has a couple kids. Right. Oh yeah. He, oh, I got you. Yeah. He's got beautiful, wonderful children. But every time he was about to have a kid, he was atrocious. Yeah, he was bad. He yeah. was really, really out of it for quite some time. Yep. And then as soon as he had the kids, Boom. he was good again. Yeah, exactly. Danny totally Espinoza is about to have a child with his beautiful wife, Sarah, and he's doing a reverse Desmond. Yes. Hashtag reverse Desmond. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. It's totally true. It's totally true. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's getting his, his papa strength early, you know? You know it just... was next level stuff to watch Ian Desmond, or gosh, there I am. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That yeah. was so Freudian. Ian Desmond <clears throat> right now, by the way. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, really impressive to watch Danny Espinosa against the Reds. Just every time he came up, 
you just knew good things were going to yeah. happen. It was like a, a Harper style performance. You totally. know, you just knew that he was going to pull through. Yeah. Yeah. No question. No question about it. He, he was, he was locked in. And I think your brother tweeted something about it last night when right before Danny Espinosa uh, had an at bat and then got a hit. He was like, Oh, something along the lines of, Oh man, it's so awesome when Dan- like you just know when Danny Espinosa comes up to bat, like something good's gonna happen. And I was like, oh, that's like not a sarcastic tweet. That's so weird. Like, yeah, it, it, and it's there was really there cool. was uh, something mentioned on the broadcast, and it was, I believe, first base was open for Danny Espinosa. Yeah, and they yeah. pitched to him, and I think it was FP said something like, Danny Espinosa's got to be sitting here like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me right now? You're going to pitch to me? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Gonna and then he struck play. out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's awesome to watch him play like he is. Yeah. It's awesome. So it's really cool. Go go, Espinosa. Congratulations on the player of the week. Incredibly well-deserved. Uh, I believe it was five homers and 17 RBI. Yeah, he had a, he had a good week. <laughs> In a week? He had a good week. And good for him because it's uh, it's the right year to be doing it. Yeah, he and Ramos and Desmond. If we're talking about players, so yeah, it's, all, it's good to see those guys doing well for themselves. It's what you want to see. Beautiful. All right, before we get into questions, because you know we're running predict- predictably long, um, let's talk about yeah. um, let's talk about fan shaming. Oh, okay. So, do you want to? Do you want to start, or you want me to start? <laughs> you go ahead and start. All right. So, <laughs> I feel like we've dropped some words, but this is the explicit part of the podcast. So, uh, give 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 the listeners context. Okay, thank you. So earlier today, you know, yes, an article came out about uh, the comments that Dusty Baker made in general about how he said he hopes to see a, mo- a more boisterous crowd at Nationals Park in the second half, and I was pretty frustrated with that comment for a lot of reasons, which I'm about to get into. And I don't think it's for the reasons that people thought that I was getting so upset at those comments. Um, So I will just say this. If you are a fan that enjoys baseball at whatever capacity, be a fan however the fuck you want to be. So if you want to get a $5 beer or many $5 or a $5 ticket and then many $5 and $10 beers and sit with your friends and drink and cheer when something good happens, then you should do that. And if you want to have season tickets and go to every single game and hang on every pitch, you should do that too. And if you want to sit at home and listen to the radio or listen to the TV, you should do that. And I'm tired of people being told how they enjoy things is not correct. And that pisses me off. Baseball, otherwise, like, I understand that, like, the hot dog conversation is, like, a cute thing that people go. But, like, if you want to put ketchup on your hot dog, put fucking ketchup on your hot dog. And I know Beard's going to be mad at me about that, but whatever. But you should do what you want and what makes you happy when it comes to baseball. And the rest is all bullshit. And if you're a player or a manager on one of those teams, of course you want to have a raucous crowd every second of every game. Because... Part of the reason you're doing what you're doing is to be on the field and have people cheer for you because you're really good at a thing that people enjoy watching. I absolutely get that. And what Dusty Baker said, I don't think is unreasonable to vocalize at all. The fact that he said he wants, uh, he and his guys want a more boisterous second half at the ballpark, that's absolutely fine. 
Because why wouldn't you want that? And he's trying to encourage people to come out and have fun. But, and, and to cheer on his guys because it helps his guys. And I totally get that it's a relationship that goes both ways between the fans in the stands and the players on the field. The players get energized by an energized fan base. I totally get that. What does drive me crazy and is maddening is that Dusty's comments are going to be picked up by people and run with all over the country as proof, as proof that Nats have sh- the Nats have shitty fans. And it's now fodder for opposing fan bases to say, hey, even your manager thinks your fans are terrible. And he's talking about how your fans are bad and you guys don't even cheer and show up for games and you're the worst. So that's where my frustration lies. It's not that Dusty said anything. You know what? Dusty Baker could say whatever he wants for the most part. He's been doing it a long time. And he was like, you know, he said, hey, I want people to go to the ballpark and cheer and be loud because it helps my guys. And I give him no fault for that whatsoever. But the whole set of dominoes that starts to fall from that comment is what pisses me off. And it just becomes a huge thing. And it ultimately comes to people. It's an excuse for people to fight about an issue, which is you're not being a fan the right way. You're not enjoying something the right way. And there's nothing in the world that pisses me off more than that. It just really drives me crazy. And now I'm done. Well said, dude. Sorry. Well, don't be. Yeah, Why that, would you apologize? For it that? just it just grinds my gears. It nice. grinds my gears real bad. You so, were just spitting white hot fire. I liked it. Yeah. Sorry. Well, what are your co- thoughts on it, Craig? So uh, after you and I talked about it, I was angry. Uh, yeah. Just because of the whole thing, and uh, the way I see your point of view, it's a lot like what happens when you see the Philadelphia Flyers fans throwing their rubber light up bracelets on the ice at players when you see someone throwing uh, a beer bottle at Ryan Howard at Citizens Bank Ballpark. It's stuff like this. These are how stereotypes are founded. Mm -hmm. With stories like this, that context is important uh, of what Dusty Baker said. Um, And because you could honestly look at those comments and see, Hey, I want more. You guys are great. I want more. Absolutely. You know, you could you could read it that way. I did not, uh, but there's a, a way to look at it that's that's much more positive. But the narrative, the driving narrative that has come out of this is that, as you said, Nats fans are not good and they aren't loud and they don't support their team. And even Nats fans on Twitter were saying the same thing about their brethren fans. Yeah, and these are where. Uh, perceptions of cities come. You saw it with the Wizards this summer. Uh, The Wizards are having trouble attracting free agent talent because the fan atmosphere isn't great. Well, it kind of goes both ways, uh, as you said, not just with interaction and everything, but with on-field product as well. Totally. Um, If I I think the Nationals do an okay job with the in-game experience, but... I think they're far behind many other ball clubs, whether new or old, uh, in how well they have the game day experience going on. And I think there's a lot of factors into maybe a, a, a lesser than stellar, uh, less than stellar atmosphere at the ballpark. How impossible is it to get to a game these days with DC Metro being literally the worst subway system in the world? Yep. Tracks are shut down all the time. The DC gridlock 
which is bad enough as it is, uh, is made that much worse by a lack of public transit. So if I, living in Loudoun County, wanted to go to a baseball game on a weeknight, it would take me two hours to get there, driving, and if I wanted to take Metro from Reston, which is the closest station, uh, it would take me probably two and a half. Mm-hmm. And that's assuming everything's running fine. So I think there's a lot of reasons, and I don't think, obviously, that he should be, that anyone should really tell someone how to be a fan. I'd say I'm a pretty good baseball fan, but I go to maybe a game a month. Yeah. Basically, because it's too much hassle. So my real issue with this whole conversation and where it turned, not necessarily Dusty Baker's comments, but more throwing him into the pile of athletes, coaches, sports organization figures that complain about the fans Mm -hmm. that just drives me fucking crazy. It makes me angry. It makes me so mad that you've got these people making millions of dollars playing a game, but, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not really wanting to play very hard because you're not yelling loud enough for me. Yep. I want you to yell for me loudly, and you're not doing that, so I guess I'm not going to try that much. Oh, I'm sorry, there are fans that are showing up for an 11 o'clock ball game. Once again, it would take me two hours to get there. I would have to leave my house at 9 a.m. for an 11 a.m. holiday ball game. Just where, to be able to get there by first pitch. Not if you wanted to get there early, just to get there. Right. If I wanted to be there when gates are open, we're leaving at 7 a.m. Yeah. It's really that insane. And to go and do all of that and to see the team not even try on July 4th, that was a pathetic effort on the 4th. It was not good. It was an early game, and the players were complaining about an early game. FP Santangelo, shockingly, was bitching about the early start. Yeah. Sorry, the fans had to be there early, too. And they paid money to see your asses play a game, and you didn't try. Your paycheck of millions of dollars that anyone listening to this show would gladly trade for just a day? Yeah. And you're not even going to show up to play. You're not even going to try. And then you're going to have the gall to complain that they're not cheering for you loud enough. I find that just appalling, absurd, insulting, all of those things. So that leads me to the narrative more that came across Uh F.P. Santangelo tweeted, breaking news, the Nats are in first place. So, by your own admission, they don't actually need the loud crowds. Right. They're doing because it they're without in first it. Place. Yeah, they're doing, they're doing it already. It so, so who shut cares? your mouth. Yeah. No, I... Okay. I, I'm with you. It, I do think, I obviously think, I said it earlier, it's a relationship that goes both ways. I think it's incredibly important to have a relationship that goes both ways. And th- there is something to electric crowds making it fun for everybody beard. And I completely agree with that. But the, the implications of what people calling out a fan base means, uh, Craig, we hadn't talked about that before. Your comment about the, this is how stereotypes start is so unbelievably spot on. That is exactly the point. That is exactly how a stereotype about a fan base starts. 
it's not that there are people that go to the, go to games and they have a top half attendance top half attendance in the national league it's they're a shitty fan base that doesn't stay and they come late and they leave early and they blah 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 they don't they don't really care they don't they only cheer when the good things happen right Every fan base cheers when good things happen. Yeah, that's the way it works. Every single one. I've heard Nats Park be incredibly loud. Yes. I don't think it's getting twisted. Of course, everyone wants a fun, exciting atmosphere. But sometimes when it takes – when you work all day long, you're going to a Thursday night game. It's the end of a long week. You have to sit in traffic for two and a half hours just to get to the ball game, And you might actually get there late because of traffic, not because of apathy. Or right. anything like that. Yep. That maybe you're just tired. You want to sit, keep score, watch a baseball game. Get excited, stand up and clap at the right moments. But maybe you're not going to be acting a damn fool. That yeah. doesn't mean you don't want a fun atmosphere. That just means that some people celebrate differently. And as you said, don't tell anyone else how to cheer. Yeah, that's what drives me crazy. That's what, like, how to, how to enjoy, you enjoy your baseball game however you want. And uh, that's, that's ultimately my feeling. Like, if you... However you want to enjoy a baseball game, you should enjoy it. If, if that means going to a game and hanging out at the Red Porch and not watching a pitch, do it. Have fun. Like, go nuts. I don't, I don't care. Like, thanks for the money. Yeah, thanks for the money. You're helping pay for stuff. You're there. You're paying for beer. You're paying for whatever. I, you know, enjoy it how you want. Enjoy the atmosphere how you want. Don't let people tell you how to enjoy it. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Uh, so I'll end with uh, a lovely haiku. Nice. From at... North Carolinats. Can we go grow the game without shaming the new crowd? Hopefully so, friends. That is perfect. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. Uh, and on that note, anything else before questions, Craig? Do you want to do N-T-O-T-G-Q-O-T-W? Or do you want to do uh, other questions first? Let's do other questions first. Okay, let's do other questions first. Uh... Actually, so the first question I have that's not related to the hashtag is from uh, 34's Pompadour, who asks, has anyone uh, looked at Gio's numbers and compared them to when he cut his hair? Really curious if there's a Samson effect, which could pull on Samson effect, by the way. And then uh, the only reason I could actually answer this question is because the wonderful mm -hmm. Jonathan at NatFan9 just uh, tweeted us the answer to the question. He has a 3.57 ERA before the haircut and a 6.58 ERA after, though he started struggling before it, allowing 13 earned runs in previous 9.2 innings pitched. He has a 1.86 ERA through May 18th and 7.66 since. So, Ooh, good, collar. good uh, question. And uh, Jonathan, thank you for the answer. Really appreciate it. Uh, Jude asks... Uh, were you surprised to see Belial coming in as a relief pitcher in the last two games? Uh, and will we see Matt Latos this season? I uh, was not that surprised to see Belial, as we discussed earlier. The bullpen's kind of taxed. So if he's on the roster, he's going to pitch. Yeah, you, you don't have a choice. Right. <laughs> yeah, especially when, you have, when you're struggling to, to get innings from guys. At least yep. good innings. And just, there's been a, there were a lot of comments about Matt Belisle, and I don't really like seeing Matt Belisle come in in high leverage situations. He's also got a 2.16 ERA right now. So, you know, he's not been that bad. And if you're more of an advanced stats guy, he's got a 2.27 FIP. So 
He's not been bad, and he has a 340 BABIP, so he's gotten pretty unlucky, too. So, no, he's not going to strike out a lot of guys. He's going to be pitching to a lot of contact, which is tough. But he's not—I don't think Matt Belial's been as bad as people are uh, accusing him of being. So, I'm going to defend Matt Belial a little tiny bit. I don't think he should be pitching in high-leverage situations, though. I want to be totally clear about that. He should be pitching in, you know— sixth inning when you're facing bottom of the lineup when you need a guy to do that and he should be pitching when you're down by two or three but he should not be pitching you know in the eighth inning in a one-run game so agreed okay uh dan guzman great to wait wasn't there a second did we answer both parts of that oh shit sorry will we see matt litos this season was the other part thank you for being the one paying attention um i think there's a chance we will yeah uh, I think the obvious problem would be a 40-man spot. Yes, and as a starter or reliever is my question. It would be as a reliever. Yeah, and I don't see that happening. I don't think we'll see Matt Latos this year. I th- I think I read that he has like a billion opt-outs in this contract, and I think he opts oh, I'm out. I'm sure. I think he opts out before he ever appears at the Nationals, in my opinion. Show he's healthy, get signed up with someone. Exactly, exactly. Um, thanks for remembering that, by the way. I would have forgot. Um all right, so Dan Guzman asks uh, a question here, and uh, good to meet you this weekend, Dan, by the way. Um, so besi- he says, uh, besides the athletic ability and money, what part of an MLB player's life do you most want and least want in your life? Oh, man. I know, right? I think that... Um, besides the ability and money. Besides the ability and money... I, I don't know the look on kids' faces when you make their day. I guess. Okay, so that was that was uh, his. Uh, oh, nice. So he he responded and said uh, he he gave his answer. He says, uh, "I would love to to visit a children's hospital in uniform and put a smile on kids' faces." Nice. That, so that was exactly his answer. So um, and his hate was hate always traveling and being away, you know, being away from family thing. Nice. So uh, I think those are really good answers. I I can't I think... even come up with another one. Do you have another one? I think my hate would probably be dependent on where I was playing. It would it would certainly excuse me, depend on the city. Yeah, if I were in New York City, I would hate uh that if I went out to dinner it would be in the newspaper. Yeah, right. Uh and I, I I'd say that part, but you know, if you're in Houston, no one's gonna know who you are. Yeah, that's um, fair. Uh, it's not wrong. But it's still yeah. a fur So I think I would probably, I don't know, hate not being able to eat what I wanted. Oh, nice, nice. All the time. We do love food. Yeah. We do love food. Man, uh, I'm hungry. I always am. I don't, I don't know who, like what, what I would pick besides this. Like the, the fan interaction would, like the... Fan interaction with like the kids who idolize you would be the cool part for sure. Like the smiling, yeah. the smiles on kids' faces part. That's definitely the coolest part. I don't know. Maybe the chance to be remembered is always neat. Yeah, like I mean, the, I know the great human struggle with life is: will people remember me when I'm gone? Yeah, and sure. you have the chance to become something. You that, become idolized. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not yeah, not necessarily idolized, but you can be a part of something bigger. That's important to many people and remembered and i yeah that's what anyone's really trying to accomplish i mean with life so you could become uh 
I guess, Steve Lombardozzi, where you're not good, but people love you. Right. Or uh, a, a Pete Cosma, and you could have one amazing series, and, you know, people in St. Louis, 30 years from now, are going to remember the time Pete Cosma, you know, helped them out in the playoffs. Yeah. So, uh, the the potential to be remembered for something bigger than just a you know husband father man baseball player, I think that's pretty cool. Nice. Well, just the chance. It's a good thought. It's a good thought. I yeah. like that one. I like yeah. The deep thoughts talk on the go. Oh, nice. <laughs> so our next question is from uh, from Michelle. Is Zinni breaking out? Or as uh, James tweeted, did Trey touch a first baseman's glove? Which that was, that was James O'Hara. That was a great tweet. That was really great. Um, but is do you think Ryan Zimmerman's breaking out? Are we seeing it in the last couple games? Uh, I don't think it's a breakout. Yeah, just uh, poor of a more of a progression to the mean. Yeah, it just just being less bad. Yeah, in general. I mean it. As we kind of alluded to, but we're too uncomfortable to talk about last week. Like, we, he's been so bad that, like, yeah. come on. Like, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about this. Like, he's he's been so bad, he just had to, yeah, I guess progress to the mean is the best way of putting it, honestly. You know um, what's, what's actually surprised me? He's, now I'm saying only, uh, only under contract through 2019. Yeah. Only. Which I thought it was longer. No, no, not longer. Not longer. So <laughs> that made me feel better. Yeah. It's, which is sad. Yeah. It's, but no. I, I don't like saying it. I don't feel good saying no, it. No, it's not awesome. I, like I said, I own, well, now I own three. I own three national, pieces of Nationals paraphernalia with, uh, with names on the back of it. And Ryan Zimmerman was the first one ever. Um, and I love that guy. But it's, it doesn't look good. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't like saying it. No, I don't. It doesn't but look good. It's the reality of the situation, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. No, it's hard to. Uh, so, next question: What do we think of the four-man bench, which we talked about a bit, and Michael A. Taylor being demoted? Does this mean Trey is the next man up, and who goes down? Next man up is Michael A. Taylor. No doubt about it. <laughs> yes, Michael A. Taylor is definitely the next one up. I mean, he's. I think Dusty kind of showed his card by saying he might only be down the minimum ten days, basically. Um, yeah, so I, 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 I think barring injury, yeah. uh, Trey Turner staying down. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't see Trey Turner coming up anytime soon. Honestly, I don't. I don't see where he fits at the moment. Thank you, Danny Espinosa. Um. So, uh, who goes down uh, if it, with the next person that comes up in general? Someone from the bullpen. Yep, Belial or Martin. Yeah, Rafael Martin, who's still in the bullpen, as a matter of fact. Yep. Uh, Beard asks, why are this year's all-star jerseys so ugly? Because they're ugly every year. I haven't seen them yet. They're they're brown and yellow. So they're the Padres brown and yellows. Yeah. Except with national and American on the front. Yeah. I think they're fine. I'm sure it's fine. I'm I mean, not going to watch them anyway. Uh, exactly. Although I am going to be in. San wait, Diego. wait, no, no, no. They actually wear their. They wear their team. normal jerseys. It's for it's for BP. It's for uh, the home run derby, essentially. Okay. They wear yeah. their normal jerseys during the actual. I game. did see that the. Uh, God, what the hell are they called? The eyelets on the hat. 
uh, have stars around them. Eyelets? The, the little holes, the little... Uh, oh, no. Little vents. That's There's a bad. name for them. Someone please tell me what the name is. It could be eyelets. I just don't know. <laughs> Excuse me. I have to mute so I can cough loudly. Nice. Excuse me. Sorry about that. That's okay. You're forgiven. Um, um, yeah, so uh, they're they're ugly, but that's fine. Whatever. Yeah, although I will be there uh, in San Diego for the first game after the All-Star game. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's going to be neat. Uh, Is Martine still up? Oh. Wait. I thought... I don't know. I think it was Taylor that got sent down, and then, and then, I don't really know. I don't know. I don't know. Figure that out. Uh, what do you think of, uh, or hope for the Nats All Star jerseys to look like in 2018? They're going to be off the charts, patriotically insane. You There's think so? Be stars and stripes everywhere. I mean, they're going to be I red, white, and blue, obviously, but they're going to be stars and stripes everywhere. Yeah, I think it's going to be – I think it would be really funny if they were, like, the script logos and it was just national instead of nationals. Nice. I think oh, I would kind of like that, actually. Yeah. I, w- I might buy that. Like yeah, the... Martine is no longer there. We're both idiots. Oh, we're... This is why we don't host... – we need to have the, uh, the Michelle and the people that Michelle have been talking to about hosting the show. They'd be much better than us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so much better. Oh, Taylor was the Papelbon transaction. Thank you, Michelle. We're just bad at our jobs. Um, Fang asks, what non-traditional baseball country would you like to see baseball take off? And Fang asks the craziest questions. Yeah, he does. They're not bad. I kind of like them. They make me think. But uh, what non-traditional baseball country would you like to see baseball take off? And I don't have an answer to that question. Do you? Um, That's a really hard question. Yeah. it's There are so many countries. (laughs) There are a lot. And most of them uh, are traditional baseball countries. <laughs> it's kind of our I thing. I want to say um, Kumar, maybe, oh. would be nice. God. It's so good. Uh, the Federated States of Micronesia <laughs> would be another good one. I, I am desperately trying to make the pull from Studio 60 of the country that Tom's brother gets kidnapped in. Oh, God. I, yeah, I can't help you there. Okay, well, those were good enough anyway, moving on. Oh, God, we've got so many questions. Um, so this is a good uh, string of those questions. Uh, Fang asks, um, as I, I've made it clear that I hate the All-Star game, Craig too, but, you know, I do hate the All-Star game. I'm not trying to get around that. But uh, what would we have as an alternative? And Beard says that uh, a skills competition would be good. Um, uh, yeah, I would rather just a skills competition. I love the everything about the hockey all star weekend, not the game. <laughs> the game yeah. is terrible, just like it is in every sport. It is not yeah, good. All star games are atrocious. Uh, what would your skills be in baseball? That is my question. Besides home run derby, obviously. Um, I think definitely a throwing accuracy from the outfield. Sure. Like the so old like targets, school. right? Like targets. Uh, not necessarily. I would like to see something uh, a little bit simpler, like the old school Tomamansky put a bucket at home plate. Wow, that would be awesome. Yeah, put a bucket from throw plate for, uh, from, at home plate, and you got to throw it in the bucket. 
Um, I'd like to see a bunting competition. Yeah, that would be good. I would like to see a, obviously, a base running competition. Yep. I would love to see, uh, you know, Billy Hamilton versus Trey Turner. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Kind of thing. Who can, you know, get first to third or, I don't know, something like that. Yep. Um, I'd like to see, instead of a home run derby, I would like to see a hitting skills competition. Mm. Like, you have to hit, uh, uh, get a bunt within a circle. You have to hit a pop-up to a certain place, a line drive to a certain place, hit a home run. You know, kind of like a bingo almost, like check all the boxes. this would be so much fun. Yeah. Everything you're talking about is good. Like, check all the boxes. Uh, I don't want to see anything um, like a hardest pitch. That's just dangerous. I would love to see that, but I don't want it to happen because of the injuries. Right. Like, I would love to see how, how hard Danny Espinosa could throw a baseball. But, like, I also don't want his arm to fall off. So I don't want to see that. Like, it's not the same thing as, like, the hardest slap shot in hockey because that's a whole different thing. Right. So, yeah. Uh, but the oh, – I like that. Those are good. Those are really good yeah. calls. What about you? Anything else? I can't think of any other ones. I, I'd love to see, like – like, the the accuracy things. I was thinking, like, throw to a target situation, see if you can get it into, like, a, a net. But just, like – yeah, like bucket at home plate. Who who makes it? Somebody's gonna. Yeah, put a like, go put a GoPro in the bucket. Yeah, that would be cool. I would totally yeah. watch that. I would watch yeah. the hell out of that. I think it would be fun. I think it would be quirky. Yeah. Uh, and my favorite thing about the All Star Weekend, outside of, I mean, I love the Home Run Derby. I love the Futures Game. Oh yeah, the Futures Game's great. So keep that because it's a real game that like, but it's the res- again the result doesn't matter. It's just young guys showing off their stuff in front of people that normally aren't going to be able to watch. Right. So, yeah, totally on board. Oh, those are good. I like that. Uh, Beard wants to know what the rumblings about Mats and Thor possibly having bone spurs and Harvey going to the DL today. Are the Mets killing all of their pitchers? Yes. They totally are. The Mets and the New York media and fans well, who are terrible. That's the emotional killing of the of the pitchers. Yeah. But the physical killing is definitely being done by the organization. And um, the the information that came out last week about basically the Mets brass telling Steven Matz, no, you're going to pitch. It's like, he, he, he said, yeah, I'm thinking about having surgery. I would assume probably because a doctor said so. I don't know. I'm probably not going to go get my elbow cut, o- cut open just for fun unless a doctor tells me to. Uh, but the Mets front office going, nah, you're going to pitch. And then he did. So I don't know. I, I, I had an interaction with uh, Johan about this when the news, the Mets news first came out about the Mets front office saying you're probably not going to have surgery. And the Braves did something similar to this um, with, oh God, Beachy and Medlin, where it was like, we're going to try and find ways around the pitching rules and have you guys like pitch, bull, pitch in the bullpen early and like save your innings and all that kind of stuff. But it's different because they were trying to figure something out. They were trying to be like, we're trying to find another way so we could use our best pitchers and win baseball games. What the Braves are doing was different. What the Mets are doing is, F you, you're on our team, you're under contract, you're going to do what we say because we have to win now. Right. And that's disgusting. And it's the exact opposite of what the Nationals organization has done through history. And so, well, through the history of Mike Rizzo. So, yes. uh, 
I think it's terrible. What? Any thoughts? Um, I agree. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Uh, Tracy Tran wants to know: Do we think? Um, did, what? Go ahead. I, I'd like to actually jump in real quick. Yeah. Uh, we got an email question. Oh yeah, do it up. We got an email question. We want people to also, if you, if you're not on Twitter with us. Uh, we refer to a bunch of people on Twitter often. Uh, that's just where Joe and I both interact most often. Uh, we'd love to get your questions at podcast uh, at natstalkonthego.com. Feel free to send us an email there, uh, and we'll add that into the rotation, especially if you're not a Twitter user. Um, so we re- we still want all the questions we can get. So uh, this is from uh, Larry. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and leave your last name out as respect to you. Um, This was four days ago. Uh, Last night for the second time this week, Bryce Harper stood at home plate to admire what he thought was a home run and then ended up on first base when it hit off the top of the wall. Why is this still allowed to happen with the Nationals? It's happened several times in the last couple weeks. We've seen... Obviously, there was the Bryce Harper benching two years ago for not running it out. Yep. But we've seen, I believe, Bryce Harper, Ben Revere, and Jason Worth all within the last couple weeks not run hard. Daniel Murphy just did it lose. yesterday. Daniel Murphy did it yesterday. That's right. Yep. And the Nationals have lost bases, yep. possibly crucial bases, by basically watching their shot and that doesn't end up going out. So... Uh, why is this still allowed to happen, and what in the hell can you do about it? I guess. Well, uh, it happens everywhere in baseball. It's not a. It is not a Nationals thing. Some managers take it more seriously than others. Former Nationals Steven Sousa actually was just benched uh, in either today's or yesterday's game in Tampa Bay by his manager for not running it out. Um, it's a thing that a manager can choose to do. As a, you're not playing, doing your job, and you're not playing hard enough. But when you do that, as Matt Williams figured out, you lose your clubhouse a little. And there's a fine line that a manager has to deal with between saying, you know, you're not playing hard enough, and so I'm going to publicly bench you, to saying, hey, you need to, like, you need to run to first base if nothing else here. You can't just lollygag out of out of the box. I I don't. I don't see it as a huge problem. I do think that it has cost the Nationals bases. Um, I also, uh, to defend the players a little bit, when you just see a ball that just flies up and you feel like you're reading it pretty well and it just looks like it's going to be an, just your latest fly out, it's hard to blame them for being like, God damn it. You know, I, 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 yeah. I don't... Yeah, I don't so much care about those, but, you know, the ones that are... The Murphy one the other day was really bad. Yeah, really bad. So sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I, I more care about like the the home run shots that end up hitting off the wall. Yeah, you better be damn sure. <laughs> right. That, if you're gonna pimp it, yeah. you need to you need to pimp it. You need to you need it needs to be pimpable. I guess. And for the record, I'm, I'm all about the pimping it. Like yeah, pimp the hell out of it. If you crush one, like when Espinosa hit one over the visitors' bullpen. Yeah. And you, when no one moves, or like any of the four Giancarlo Stanton has hit yeah. in the last two days. Oh, God. Like, you can watch those. But if it's going to be a wall scraper, don't watch it. Yeah, you need to run. <laughs> you need to be Crash yeah. Davis. You need to run, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on board with that. Like, if you know it's gone, but you've got, you better know. <laughs> you yeah. better, like, without a question. 
yeah. you better know. Anyway, thanks for the email question, Larry. Yeah, sure. Keep the email questions coming. Nice. Yeah, please do. Uh, we're gonna gotta we gotta go through these quick because wow, it, okay, it's got long. Uh, which is what she said. Tracy says uh, asks, do you think DC government will pass a bill to ban smokeless tobacco in DC sports venues? It would not. Uh, I think it would be a, a citywide ban on smokeless tobacco. Yeah, I don't for think, sure. I don't think they're banning it at the stadium specifically. Uh, I'm for it. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm for it if that's what the city wants to do, but DC feels like a city that would do that. So yes, I do think that does. it seems like a like a possibility. Maybe not this year necessarily, but uh, in the next couple of years, that wouldn't surprise me. As especially as a couple of other cities fall, I would I would imagine San Francisco and a few others will fall before DC. San Francisco's already there. Are they really? I thought just New York. Was. I think so. I thought it was just New York. No, I'm uh, pretty sure San Francisco okay. yeah, is there mean, as well. Once, the, once like San Francisco and New York fall, it feels like DC or Chicago maybe, and then DC not far after that. I would imagine. Right. Uh, Beard, I'm sorry, we're gonna not talk about your Nats movie question right now. Uh, uh. A uh, Michelle wants to know because we haven't talked about this yet, and then we're gonna do the question of the week, which we haven't even done yet. Uh, so we've got to talk about Jose Reyes. Okay. Um, go. <laughs> nice, thank you. Um, so Jose Reyes, in the off season, he was involved and was the perpetrator of a domestic violence incident, uh, where he allegedly grabbed his wife and threw her into a, I believe it was a glass door, um, as is often the case with domestic violence incidents she refused to press charges uh and in that situation it's very depressing but you can see why i mean this is father of her i think it's three children and the breadwinner of the family by millions and millions of dollars i'm sure so um her i guess safety is secondary to her i guess quality of life in a financial security standpoint, who knows what I she's guess. thinking? I don't want to get too much into that, but yeah. Um, so no charges were pressed. Uh, Rob Manfred, under new domestic violence policy in Major League Baseball, suspended Jose Reyes for 52 games. Uh, at the end of the 52 game suspension, the Colorado Rockies just got rid of him, which. Good on them for getting rid of him. No question. So he signed back in New York with the Mets where he uh, had signed previously. And from a on on-field only perspective, it made sense for the Mets. Right. Daniel, uh, David Murphy – or God, <laughs> uh, David Wright. Oh, yes. my gosh. David Wright uh, is probably done for at least the year, if not longer – uh, there's a familiarity with the organization. Um, so from a strictly baseball sense, the signing made some sense. Uh, yeah, from, I mean, from the baseball sense, it does make sense. From just a on-the-field decision, yeah. From a human level, it's a hard thing to see. Yeah. Uh, he, in the eyes of baseball, he paid his time. He was mm-hmm. suspended. Uh, all indications from Jose Reyes are that he is serious about 
learning as much as he can, helping as much as he can with domestic violence, and kudos to him for that. My issue with this uh, is not necessarily with Jose Reyes. I will never root for the guy mm-hmm. uh, for it. I just won't. It's just not something I would do. I can't support that. My issue is with the support that he's received from Mets fans. Yeah. Some, some Mets fans. Yeah, yeah. And Major League Baseball as a whole. Yeah. Uh, specifically, a tweet last night. I guess congratulating him and welcoming him back <clears throat> to baseball. The tweet did not welcome him back. The picture in the tweet did welcome him back. Yeah. Which I looked at earlier to make sure that I got it right, for the record. Okay. But so, it was the picture in the tweet. It was welcoming him back, as far as I'm this concerned. Is, this is not something that he should be applauded for. No. This is something that Major League Baseball needs to be very, very incredibly embarrassed about. That it's just brushed off as nothing. It is the definition of victim shaming. Yeah. How does his wife feel that here she is, abused, and... He's hailed as a returning hero, coming home, coming back, and getting a standing ovation from the fans. It's disgusting. It's sickening. I. It makes me want to throw up. I hate it. Major League Baseball should be ashamed. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, th- my huge beef my biggest beef is with major league's baseball major league baseball's dealing with this situation um it is not okay with the way that major league baseball dealt with the situation the fact that they had any sort of tweet there should not have been a tweet acknowledging it there should not have there's should not have been any acknowledgement for the fact that jose reyes was back in the major league level it should have been left alone uh the Mets shouldn't have said anything. Major League Baseball shouldn't have said anything besides the fact they put out a lineup with Jose Reyes in it. And that's it. Uh, I struggle with the the deeper things about this whole situation. And I don't. we don't have time to get into that because that's its own podcast. Um, and many hours after that, to be honest. Um, yeah. But with this particular situation... Uh, Major League Baseball should be ashamed for how they dealt with it. Um, there are a lot of people that, for good reason, were offended by everything that happened and with the way that the league dealt with it. Um, and I do not fault those people for being offended by the way it was dealt with. This is a guy that was suspended for uh, abusing his wife. And was then welcomed back with open arms. And that's not how it's supposed to work. And it's not no. how it should work. And um, it's pretty awful. It's despicable. It's awful. It was done, as Minnesota Nicer, our friend Beth, uh, said, with cutesy emojis. Yes. It was It was celebrated that he has yeah. come back. Yeah. And nothing about Jose Reyes should be celebrated. No. At all. No. Outside of the uh, fact that... Uh, by once again, by all indications, he is doing the right things in the aftermath. Yeah, right. And it, I, I'm sure there is some level of credit that is deserved there. Uh, right. Probably not a lot. Like <laughs> that's. I, I struggle with it. 
Um, no, it's it's terrible. It's disgusting. It's filthy. Yeah. Uh, I don't usually like uh, the tabloid style headlines from the New York newspapers. Yeah. But the New York Daily News absolutely hit its spot. Yeah, that was a good. Cheers one. for a wife beater. It yeah. was. Yeah. It was perfect. It was I, exactly what happened. I, and on the other side of it, uh, Will Yoder tweeted at me today about when I regarding my tweets from last night on the topic and said, "What do you think the odds are that most of the people in that ballpark knew what the circumstances were?" And uh, I I don't think that's an invalid point. I do, I do want to say that I don't think it's an invalid point. It's a guy that was in the organization for a long time, and that there are there as we talked about with Nats fans earlier today. There were a lot of casual fans there, and they heard the name Jose Reyes, and they were like, "Oh, hey, I know that guy. That guy wasn't here, and now he's here." I think there is something to be said for that, right? Which is why I made sure to clarify some. Yeah, Nets fans. totally, totally. But I think there was also a group there that was being, I don't care what happened, he's our guy, and we're going to clap for him. And it's the worst part about sports Twitter or yeah, uh, just Twitter in general. Just the yeah, and I, I just the male domination of baseball. Yeah, it's for sure. it's disgusting. Yeah, it's like just the insensitivity there is absurd. There wasn't one intern in the office that said this might not be the best idea. No, no. yep. I no, mean, no doubt. There was no PR person. It's not that complicated of an issue. If you're going to alienate half of your fans that are women, yeah, it's probably not the best idea to do. It was disgusting. It's embarrassing. They need to apologize, and yeah. they won't. No, they're not going to. No question. No question. Uh, well, anything else on that topic before I think we, uh, I don't know, rather somberly wrap up this episode of the show? No, let's uh, let's get to the question of the week. Do it up. Let's do a little America the, the, action. Let's, let's, let's get it back to the happy. Let's do some America. Yes. So, like we said on last week's show, we're going to do a question of the week segment. Uh, make sure in the future you include hashtag N-T-O-T-G-Q-O-T-W in your tweets. Uh, we already have next week's ready to go, which might as well go ahead and say on the end of the podcast. Yeah, we'll hit it here. For sure. um, so... We asked what your favorite 4th of July baseball memory was. And we got some really cool answers. And I, uh, it's hard to do in 140 characters. We had some go beyond, uh, do a little story for us. That's awesome. Do that. Feel free to always email us, podcast at matstalkonthego.com. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start right off the top with uh, at Jason Wirth's beard. Uh, 2011, when Jason Wirth stole third in the 10th, and then scored the winning run on a wild pitch. Nice. I vaguely remember that. That was pretty cool. I do like that, yeah. Uh, Max Jensen, uh, 2015, when the Nats rocked Madison Bumgarner. I forgot That's that a- was a thing. Yeah. Uh, and I was there. Oh, jeez, Joe. <laughs> yes, you were. That's right. I was there, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, actually... Uh, I'll go ahead and drop mine with this one from at Hokey Wartooth. Uh, oh, this is a good one. Sweating in the nosebleeds of RFK. Uh, bottom nine, two out, two two count, down one. Zimmerman walk off to beat the Marlins. I was there as well. I believe it was off Alfredo Emezaga. Nice. Oh wow. 
but it was awesome. That was that was a really cool moment, and I want to say that was Zimmerman's second walk off in few in a few days. So I really like that one. Yeah, that's a good one, especially uh, considering that... our earlier tough Zimmerman conversation. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, Dan Guzman, July fourth, two thousand two, had amazing seats at Fenway. Got into a yelling match with Carlos Delgado. A hundred <laughs> degrees. Paid a vendor for a tray of ice. Got sunstroke. Great time. Don't remember who won, but don't care. That's awesome. That's, That's a good what one. it's about, man. That's, a That's good one. really cool. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, looking, looking, looking. Joe, why don't you tell yours? Uh, so mine was the Madison Bumgarner game, but it was mostly because that was a great day because I saw the Foo Fighters at RFK. So yeah. it was. I know it's a baseball thing, but I started the day with baseball and then went and saw Foo Fighters at RFK. <clears throat> which is where the Nationals used to play. So it was like my baseball day. That was a good one. That was that was my best 4th of July baseball thing. It was it was very good. Uh, a Nats fan, Michelle, uh, all that same worth one with a walk-off wild pitch where that's the day she officially uh, turned over the Cubs gear and became a Nats fan. Oh, nice. So that's a great day. I haven't uh, seen that one. That one's good. Happy five-year anniversary, Michelle. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, last year's Diamond Club seats for uh, our friend Beth. Bryce's ridiculous bat and Strauss got injured. No. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. No. Let's like see. Uh, 2003 or 13, maybe, uh, from Fang. He was probably drunk. So. <laughs> well. Shape scotch, I would guess. Hey, Fang. Um. I believe this was also five years ago uh, from at EMC Bull, Emily Bull, yep. lost power for one week during a derecho and spent 4th of July game in 100 degree weather, which was cooler than her apartment. Oh, awesome. Yeah, the derecho was bad. I forgot about that one. That was a good I one. believe that was five years ago. I think that was 2011. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, uh, at Tracy Tran. Uh, 2012, it was the day before Nats tweet up, and there was a brunch buffet, and the Nats killed the Giants, and then the day after was a sweep. That's awesome. That's a good poll. Brunch brunch buffet is the best part. Not even the sweep. Nice. Yeah, yeah brunch buffet is always the best part, Craig. God, I love a we, brunch We buffet. know this is true. Um, I, I, I did not see any uh, this 4th of July answers, so not a shock there. Fair enough. Um. So, yeah, hopefully we get some more participation on that one next week. Uh, next week's question is going to be, what the hell do you do on the off days during the All-Star break when there is nothing on the sports calendar? What do you do? Yes, and we will tweet this out for those of you who haven't listened or might miss the end of the show, but we'll tweet it out anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't blame them if they missed the end of the show. It's been a long one. This one's, this one's dragged a little, but it's been fun. You survived. It's not good. No, <laughs> it's not. not good. My voice is hurting. So, anything else before we wrap it up? Um, <coughs> I got nothing. Sorry. Go I next. I couldn't find the mute button before that. Call. Looking forward to Lucas Giolito. Uh, yeah, me too. That'll be fun. That'll be fun in New York. That'll be a fun weekend series, and we'll talk to you guys about it next week uh, on Nats Talk on the Go. We'll talk for just a little bit after we finish uh, recording this because, um, ouch. And, 
thank you to Craig for dealing with me. Because, uh, see, when I mute my coughs for you guys, Craig hears them. He's been a champion. He hasn't even, hasn't even flinched. So he's a winner in this situation. So, oh, uh, gee, thanks. Thanks for listening to episode 127 of Nats Talk on the go. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Nats Talk on the go. For more information, check us out at natstalkonthego.com. To become a supporting member of the podcast, click on the special ops link at the top of the page or head right to natstalkonthego.com slash special ops. You can contact the guys at natstalkonthego on Twitter or send them an email at podcast at natstalkonthego.com. If you like what you heard, take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. See you next time. Let's go Nats! Let's go Nats!